all of a sudden. Ah, oh, fuck. Is it going to be one of those days? I don't know. Better not be. I'll be pissed. It would be unpleasant. <laughs> oh, God, excuse me. Unpleasant. <laughs> two years, Chris. Two, yeah, that's two, a lot of years. Two years. That's exactly two years. <laughs> it is, it's more than one. It's more than one, but not as many as three. We're getting there. <laughs> it's more than I thought we'd be doing. God, yeah, I figured we'd do like three episodes and then get bored and walk away. <laughs> no, this has been, it's, it's been fun. Uh-huh. It's been too fun. So. It's been a lot. Okay, uh, I guess... Welcome to Creature Crunch, the podcast where we take a creature, stuff it in an animal of your choice, and let it incubate. My name is Matt. And I'm on Earth. No, wait. I'm a wooden planet. No, wait. I'm back on Earth. No, wait. I'm a space station. No, wait. I'm a prison planet. And uh, anniversary episode? Yep. Alien 3. Let's do it. Uh, Alien Um, to the third power. (laughs) Alien to the third power. That's correct. Alien cubed. Yeah. So yeah, we did uh, we did the Alien Three. We did, yeah. I've never actually seen the special edition until this. Yeah, the assembly cut. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I've watched parts of it, but I've never watched it all the way through because it's fucking long. Yeah, it's not that long, my dude. It was two and a half hours. Was it really? It was. <laughs> ha. <laughs> I did not. My notice. good bitch. That's a long movie. <laughs> I mean, I did. To be fair, I took a break about halfway through for a Sonya soccer game. Yeah. Or. Some something for some reason I don't remember why, but um, but I I've never actually seen this, the the assembly cut before. Yeah. I'd only ever seen the original, the theatrical, the theatrical mm-hmm. cut, and uh, I th- like going into this. I even was like, I don't think I've seen the special edition, but maybe I have. And then at about twenty minutes in, I was just like, Nope, never seen this. No, there's a this... lot that's different. <laughs> yeah, I was a little shocked by how much was changed. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that kind of goes to, um, kind of the elephant in the room with this movie. Right. In that it is impossible to discuss this movie without discussing everything that happened behind the scenes with it. Right. It is, was a fucking mess. Like everything was a shit show behind the scenes, mostly due to, uh, Fox's continued interference. Mm -hmm. That does not surprise me. But yeah, this was uh, David Fincher's first directorial debut as a as a filmmaker. Oh, poor man! Before this, he'd done several like really successful music videos, including <laughs> uh, Madonna's Vogue and uh, a couple other uh, Madonna videos, and then like a couple ad campaigns. Like, remember that video of the fetus uh, in utro uh, smoking a cigarette? Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, I, I remember that that anti smoking yeah, commercial. Yeah, that was David Fincher. Okay, and he was. Uh, pegged to direct this movie based off the strength of his music videos and the ad campaigns. Sure. I mean... And this was such a terrible experience for him that he based, he was really strongly considering quitting filmmaking and going to do something else. Yeah, yeah. Which would have been terrible because his next movie was Seven. <laughs> which was n- like not only a career-defining movie for him, it was like a decade-defining movie for the 90s. Right. So it, you know, it's good he continued because he's done a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, he's he's got the chops for yeah, it. Yeah, he's a great director, and from everything I've heard, he's a great person to work with. <laughs> Just as long as you're not fucking around with him. Yeah, yeah. Like, Poor man, it was such a terrible experience for him. He leaves it off of his resume. Yeah, and like will not discuss it. Yeah, will he's not he has washed it. his hands of it completely, yeah, yeah. which was really terrible for him because. He was such a huge fan of the Aliens franchise, he had, like, fantasized about making an Alien movie from when he was, like, 16 and saw the original film. Oh, jeez. And he was like, yes, this is this is what I want to do, is I want to make one of these. And he, 
got his chance like right out of the gate and, and was and continually shit upon. Yeah, Hollywood just crushed that dream under yeah, its heel. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, James Cameron was originally direct, uh, like pegged to direct, but uh, he was busy filming was... The Abyss at the time. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say he was probably busy, I think. So. Yeah, and so he couldn't do it. Um, there was a shit ton of writers for this movie. Like, I think the during WGA Arboration, there was eight different writers who were um, getting uh, cre- various levels of credit for the script, and four others who didn't bother. <laughs> So there was at least 12 people who had done various hands on the script. Oh, that's not a good no, thing. No, no, that's bad. <laughs> and the, the others who left it off said that they left it off of their, their resumes because they felt it would damage their careers to be involved with this movie. Yeah, I, I could see that. Like, the, the final product is... I mean, it's de- the quality is debatable. Um, I think there's a lot... There's a lot of good stuff in it, um, especially in the assembly cut. Yeah, there's also a lot of bad stuff. Like, I can definitely see stuff. that. But, like, anybody who could see peek behind the scenes, I could easily see, yeah, like, yeah. you know what? No, let's just pretend that that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. like This of... movie just exists, and let's leave yeah, it at that. Yeah. One of the earliest uh, forms of the script made by Vincent Ward um, was, like, this super high-concept plot set on a artificial wooden planet like a planet made entirely out of a wood how does that work i don't know uh that's like i said it's really high <laughs> concept and the planet was populated by a uh sect of like incredibly ascetic monks sure um and then the i hope they're into wood carving uh, I mean, that could be neat. That could be really cool for a high concept. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Ripley's ship crashes down on there, and the alien, like, burrows its way into the planet, like, the core of the planet. Sure. And there's, like, a whole allegory for, like, Dante's Inferno, and oh the uh, alien is, like, the devil at the center of the planet and stuff wow. like that. Wow. And they had gone so far as to start making sets for this for that. What? The really? That's why the church exists. That's why the prisoners oh. on the pl- on the prison planet are religious, oh. is because they already had the church set built. Wow, that's crazy. And they had to like shoehorn it into the the later. Yeah, of the like script. we're not gonna. We built this for a reason. God damn it. Yeah, they already had it, so <laughs> they're fucking using it. That's funny. Um, and Fox like got really weak about like oh. People are not going to understand what the hell this movie's about. We need to make it about something that they're going to understand. Yeah. Audiences be dumb. Yeah, yeah. And this was after they had started uh, the original ad campaign for Alien 3, which said that it was going to take place on Earth. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, there was the whole... They had announced the film's release date before they had a director... Uh, before they had a script, before they had anybody set to work on the script. And they're like, it is coming out this date. Oh, no. So the entire time everyone's fucking about with this movie, they have this sort of Damocles that's the release date hanging above them. Yeah, that's awful. That is such awful conditions to work under. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, man. Uh, For the Alien Quadrology that was released after um, Resurrection came out, Mm -hmm. and it was like the big DVD release for these movies. Right. Uh... For one thing, that's where the assembly cut comes from. Is it, They allowed that to come out on the DVD. Right. There was also a documentary called uh, Wreckage and Rage that's all about the behind-the-scenes nonsense on there sure. that happened with this. That Fox was like, okay, we'll give you releasing this documentary because we know how bad like 
previous people screwed you on this. <laughs> Fincher still wanted nothing to do with it. He didn't sure. do a commentary or anything. Yeah, he, he nope. wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> nope, I didn't. I so didn't do it anything. was no, various other other people who had worked on the film, yeah, and he, one of them said that like. They didn't even have a title for this movie when they announced it. They had a release date. They did not have a movie. Oh, Lord. It is terrible. That's yeah. such... Like, that is the absolute backwards way to do yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, Sigourney Weaver would only come on if she was given a... Um, what is it? Like, an assistant producer's credit? Sure. Which gave her a lot of... Uh, Speaking into going what was in the movie. Yeah, a little bit more of a creative control. Right. Which is why there's no weapons in the movie. Yeah, I heard about that. Because she, she's, she's very, very anti-gun. Anti yeah. Right, right. And she wanted, she one thing, didn't want to promote gun use in the movie. And two, she wanted to really contrast with Aliens. Because Aliens is chock-a-block full of guns. Right. Yeah. And she wanted, it sounded like she wanted it a little bit closer to the first one. Right. Because there's no guns in the first no. one. And... Like, the only real weapons in this movie is, like, there's a shiv, and then people just use blunt objects that they find. Right. Fire axes and stuff, too, yeah, at, yeah. at best. But, yeah. Although, it's kind of funny, because Ripley's the one in the, in the movie who asks, do we have weapons? Do we have guns? Right, right. <laughs> but, that, no, that's that's yeah. interesting. That's fascinating. But also, because she was uh, an assistant producer on it, um, when they had to go back and do reshoots, and they had to do a lot of reshoots for this... She was already working on other movies. Uh-oh. And she had grown her hair out. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and they said, okay, okay, uh, Sigourney, it's uh, time for you to uh, to shave your head again. And she's like, I'm not doing that. I'm working on other stuff. It took a long time to grow back out. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Well, takes, we, yeah, it takes a little bit of time for hair to grow. Yeah. We, we can't, like, have Ripley just suddenly grow hair in the middle of this. <laughs> what the hell are we going to do? So they created, at the time, the most expensive prosthesis Ever. Wow. That was a bald cap for, for Sigourney Weaver. To make it to make it look legitimate. Yeah, like, because oh man. when you put on like a prop bald cap, it doesn't look right. Right. Because it smushes your hair down, especially if you have longer hair like she was growing. Right. So they had to create this expensive, insane, like NASA grade prosthesis <laughs> to have it like mold to her head perfectly so oh, that it wouldn't look different from the man. other ones. And... I mean, and like, also wouldn't like tear when she was doing action scenes and stuff like that. She, I, I kind of wish I'd known that going in. I could have kept an eye out because I don't, like, nothing ever. No, it's like, pretty it, unnoticeable. It, it, they did a good job, yeah. I guess. It's <laughs> pretty money. unnoticeable. I don't know which scenes they reshot. Yeah. So it, it, but At yeah, least the money went somewhere. But still, yeah, it was the most expensive thing on the movie. Wow, I'm not even joking. Was this bald cap prosthesis? <laughs> One of the other most expensive things was uh, Michael Bean's contract for this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was Hicks in the previous movie. Mm -hmm. And he appears as a picture in this movie. Yeah. And negotiated his contract for that picture to be more than his salary for the entirety of Aliens. Because <laughs> he was so pissed about what happened to his character. <laughs> what? And he was feeling petulant at the time. I mean, damn, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess if you go, go all in. Yeah, get in. that bag, man. But Jesus. <laughs> he, he, and later he said he kind of regrets it because he would have loved to establish a relationship with David Fincher. Sure. But and at the time, I mean, hindsight he was 2020, just pissed but... and he didn't know this dude was going to become David Fincher. Like, this was just some kid who had directed a couple Madonna videos. Right. And he's like, okay, they're killing my character off off screen and they're just going to let like a picture of me be shown so he was furious over that 
and um, just negotiate his contract to the point where, like, if if you want to do this, it's going to cost you. And they paid. <laughs> wow. See, that's, to me, that is the, the crazy thing. Like, you'd think that they would just be like, you know what? We can work without the picture. Yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. why do we need this picture? But he must have had a stellar agent in order to... to uh, to negotiate yeah, that for real, Damn. for real. That's crazy. But yeah, there. I mean, there's other things that happened, like Fox sabotaging uh, Fincher's directing by preventing him from shooting several scenes that he felt were key to, like his script. Mm-hmm. Although he shot them anyway in secret without telling Fox, <laughs> which is how they ended up in the assembly cut. Nice. Um, and then also, like when he did his original cut of the movie and showed it to an audience, Fox purposefully gathered a hostile audience and showed them the film so that they would hate it. And he could go or Fox go like, Hey, look, people don't like this movie. We're going to have to recut it and do a bunch of reshoots. Yeah. We're going to have to do it our way. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh man. That's And that was like the straw that broke him. That's scummy as shit, man. That would break most people, especially in the, in a creative field. Holy shit. Yeah. Like I can't, I cannot blame him. That's, Oh man, that's awful. Yeah, it, it was a bad time for yeah. everyone involved. <laughs> oh, man. Like, well, there's, there's not a single person who came out of this with a positive thing to say about it. Right. It's one of the most miserable shooting experiences I've ever read about. Damn. That's Where people weren't, something. like, actually abused on. Because there's other ones where, like. The Shining. Act, the Shining <laughs> and uh, Apocalypse Now and stuff like that. Yeah. Where, yeah. So, but still, like, I don't know, like. Physical abuse and, and like, the, in the case of The Shining, that kind of, like, uh-huh. mental abuse, that's that's definitely abuse. This, I would say, is also an abuse oh, to a degree, sure, but, sure. yeah. oh, man, that's just, it's just so scummy. Yeah. Which is, it, it's too bad, because I remember when I was a kid, first getting introduced to this movie, this was actually my favorite. Oh, yeah? Well, because I was a dumb kid, yeah. but I liked, I oh, liked I... the animalistic mm-hmm. version of an alien. I loved the, that it... You know, climbed on the walls or ran on the ceiling and stuff. Yeah. Because, I mean, other than a little bit in Aliens, you don't really see that. Uh-huh. Um, I just, I enjoyed it immensely as a kid. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my tastes have been refined. Well, But I, I, I still think that, it, like, even the theatrical cut, I still think is not as bad as people say yeah, it is. Yeah, um, There's a lot of vitriol towards this movie. And, I mean, part of it is because the... When the CG happens, it looks terrible. Oh, the CG is bad. It's bad times. Yeah, it doesn't Oh, even... it's real bad. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very nihilistic movie. Mm-hmm. Like, hell, it has a fairly large cast, and one person makes it out alive, and they're going to die. Right, right. Yeah, like, they're it's... not going to live much longer. Yeah, but I mean... Obviously, back then, that was probably not as com- as common when yeah. this movie was released. Nowadays, it's a pretty common it, thing for it horror is, movies. But, like, but... even Roger Ebert in his review of this says, like, this is a incredibly nihilistic, like, hateful movie. Sure, like, sure. But it doesn't give a very positive look on humanity or the universe or anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. But uh, I, I, I do remember enjoying it as mm-hmm. a kid. Um, and I, to a degree, I still do. I definitely mm-hmm. see the faults and the cracks. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I know, do think the, uh, assembly cut is much better than the regular edition. Having seen the assembly, as long as it is, having seen very... the assembly cut, the assembly cut is miles above the theatrical oh, yeah, yeah. version. Uh, although I, I have a kind of a controversial 
opinion about mm-hmm. that, but we'll get into that okay. when we get to it. So, um, but I, I, yeah, uh, I, like I said, I enjoy it myself. Uh, it's very tragic, the story behind it. That's, that's mm-hmm. really, really sad. But, um, but I do enjoy the movie. Like the actors are all very entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the characters, especially in the assembly cut, like you, you get, you feel them. Like you could definitely imagine, a especially from like, from today's horror movie standpoint where most characters are just unredeemable in every regard. Right. Like this is a prison planet. Like, yeah, you could easily see these characters just being like, I hate everybody here, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I, I feel and mm-hmm. that's how I, the impression I got. It's like, hey, no, I there's like, like a lot of them. companionship with like the, the prisoners amongst themselves, like the, just because they're the ones who have chosen to remain. Right. And... Right. And that's one of the more interesting things mm-hmm. about this is they are choosing to stay there. They, right. or they had chosen to stay there. They aren't, I mean, they're incarcerated, but they're not, you know, restricted to this planet. Yeah, they, they just, could have left. Yeah. They could have gone to a different prison. Mm-hmm. That probably would have been less crappy. Like, this place sucks. <laughs> this place really sucks. Before like, the alien. <laughs> yeah, like, there's good chunks of the year where you can't go outside because you will be fried by the UV radiation. <laughs> right. And there's a huge, like, iron or lead forge in the middle of the planet, and it stinks all the time, and... <laughs> It's like these 20 guys and their cows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Plus a doctor and two wardens. I, you're basically describing Texas, but. I mean, yes. <laughs> but. Only uh, 20 people in Texas. It's well done. <laughs> Everybody knows that. And two cows, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's. Uh, I guess we'll just go yeah, ahead and jump in just, then. We should now. probably actually describe this movie. Maybe, eventually. <laughs> I mean, it's been 20 minutes, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, really? Yes. Dang. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we open on the 20th Century Fox logo, uh, which gives us the orchestral sting, and it kind of stretches out and is spooky sounding. Yeah, it's it becomes eerie and unnerving. Yeah. Uh, and we cut to the uh, escape ship from Aliens, the mm-hmm. one that Ripley and Hicks and Newt were on. Yep, and Bishop. Well, what's left of Bishop? Well, <laughs> half of Bishop. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like there is an egg on the ship. So, already they're completely fucked from the last movie. I know. Uh, and say what you will about killing them off screen, which, I mean, does kind of suck, but mm-hmm. damn, that is one hell of a way to start a movie. It's a, it's a impactful opening, and as dark as it sounds, I kind of get killing Newt, because so much time had passed between the first movie, or between Aliens and this, that the actress couldn't have played Newt anymore right. without it being weird. Yeah. Uh, and they really couldn't have recast her. Unless they had somebody who looked identical, that because been, it's supposed it, to be like the next day, essentially. Right, them. it would have been tricky. Yeah, it would have been really. So really I, tricky. I hate to say, but I do kind of get doing that, as bad as that sounds. Mm-hmm. But it's still a dark way to start this movie. It's incredibly dark, but it's also very jarring. Yeah. And like I can easily see like living in real time, going from al- watching Aliens and then X amount of years uh-huh. later watching Alien Three, you'd be very disappointing. Yeah, but if you watch them back to back. I feel like this intro was a lot more impactful because uh-huh. it's just kind of like, it really establishes that, oh shit kind of yeah, feeling. Yeah. It's like, oh, so I, I, as much as there is like rightful criticism about this, mm-hmm. I personally think that this was the, like, I, I enjoy that that's how this progressed. It, yeah. it never bothered me. Okay. So Yeah, I, I can see that. But I can definitely see the argument against. I so. do have to say though that like, Ripley has had the worst week imaginable. Because <laughs> yes. if you think about it, 
that's the entire time frame of these three movies. Is like for her from her perspective, for her perspective is yep. like a week. Uh-huh. Cuz she wakes up on the Nostromo coming out of of cryo sleep. All of Alien happens. She goes back to cryo sleep. Wakes up uh Waylon Yutani grabs her escape ship, wakes her up, tells her, "Hey, there's a new problem. You're going to have to do it. You don't get to say no." To be fair in Aliens, she did spend a little bit of time. Not much. I thought it was like a couple months. It could have been. It's, but still, but it's no, not much. Your point your point is yeah, still valid. Yeah. Because then she goes back into cryosleep to go to uh, Aliens. Uh-huh. That happens. Goes back in cryosleep. Wakes up. Everyone she just saw is dead. <laughs> yep. And now she's here. And now she's here and she dies. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, she has had the worst week imaginable. It's been a bad time for poor Ripley. Yeah. Yeah. It's no wonder, like, one of the driving themes that uh, Fincher wanted to kind of go with in this movie is Ripley experiencing PTSD. Yeah. Which does come into play a lot during this movie. Right, right. And it, it completely warranted, makes sense, and is just, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what would happen, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, back on the ship, uh, a fire breaks out, causing everything to go wrong. <laughs> it's all bad. Yeah, the the ship, like, shoots out an es- like escape pod from the escape ship. <laughs> uh, which hurls towards Fury 161, mm-hmm. which we are told is a prison planet. Yep, double Y chromosome work correctional facility. Yep. Um, a figure finds Ripley's unconscious body on the beach uh, and rescues her. A lot of lice happens. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver is covered in just so much ick. Yeah, she's covered in a lot of gunge. It's, it's, wow, they, they, and, and (laughs) they really did a number, makeup did a number on her. Yeah. (laughs) Especially, I want to know how they did that thing with her eye, like, Oh um, yeah, because her eyes all, all her, her eyes all bloodshot, but it's also not pointing the right direction. Yeah, it's it, like it's a contact lens of some kind, I imagine. But probably, but damn, they, either that or maybe Sigourney Weaver can just do that. Like, either, I don't know, yeah, or maybe she's <laughs> just like that and it's just unnoticeable until it's bloodshot. I don't know, but yeah. whoa, it like they fucked her eye up. Yeah, <laughs> she looks like she's supposed to in this. Yeah, yeah, she looks like she's had a rough time. Yeah, yeah. And the very first line in the movie is impossible to understand without subtitles. There's a everyone talks in like these hushed, important whispers. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of it that's kind of hard to understand without subtitles. Yeah, I'm gonna put the the line directly in because he he says an EEV has come down, but like I couldn't possibly replicate the right. way he says it. It is impossible to understand what he says. A lot of the the other prisoners rush to the beach to see if there are any other survivors from the ship. There's not. They're dead. So that sucks. Yep. Um, Andrews, played by Brian Glover, who is the head warden of this facility, reaches out to Waylon Dutani to get an evacuation here for Ripley because he knows it's probably not a good idea to have her around in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Have a have a woman in a uh, <laughs> in a prison that like a ha- comatose woman. A comatose woman. In a, an all-male prison that none of the prisoners have seen a woman yeah. in decades. Yeah. yeah, probably not. I mean, that's a good call. That's a good call. Yeah. You, don't want, you don't want her hanging around. Uh, Dylan, played amazingly by Charles S. Dutton. <laughs> yes. Uh, who is kind of the standout of this movie, I think. Absolutely. Like, he's, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, this is the leader of the prisoners, and he leads them in prayer, showing that they are religious because they had to use that church set. <laughs> It, it does kind of work out, though, because... It gives them kind of an interesting bent. It it really does. And, like, 
I mean, there's a lot of commentary that a smarter man than I could definitely <laughs> delve into when they start talking about the presence of a woman on this on this uh-huh. planet. Um, and there's a lot of like, you know, we know we shouldn't. I mean, for them, it's because of religion and not yeah. because of human decency. But yeah. uh, but they use they use that as a reason to be good, like yeah, to yeah. be a little bit better. They have their moments, but for the most part, they use that as kind of that moral compass. Which right. it's I'm not like I said. There's a lot of commentary that I I wouldn't be able to to touch on, but I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the. Yeah, wardens are... yeah, oh, and I even think they even say, I've, I've the line written down, like, we've taken a vow of celibacy and a woman disrupts that harmony. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, is, in other words, is, I can't control myself with a vagina in close proximity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the two wardens argue to keep Ripley confined to the infirmary. That way, like, they don't tempt the prisoners to act out and Ripley's safe. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't matter in the long run anyway, considering, but... They don't know. They don't know that. <laughs> they haven't read the script. Right. Uh, Clemens, uh, played by Charles Dance, who is... <laughs> young Charles Dance. Extremely young Charles Dance. It's wild. Um, who is the medical professional on the planet. Tins to Ripley, and when she wakes up, tells her what happened when she was unconscious, that Newt drowned, and uh, Hicks was impaled by, by debris when they crashed. Mm-hmm. So she's the only survivor. Uh, this is where I noticed that Ripley's eye is super fucked up. Yeah. That's where, that's where I put the note in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, up until now, her eyes were closed. So right. And sense, then but... it, it's like all swollen and bloodshot. And like I said, it's pointing off in a slightly different direction from her other eye. It's just it. Yeah. She looks rough. Yeah. Ripley goes to investigate the ship. To, like, see what happened because she has a pretty good idea of what may have happened. Mm-hmm. Considering the week she's had. <laughs> it's been a bad week. <laughs> and she, like, mourns for uh, Newt and Hicks and then notices that there is an acid burn. From, you know, those guys. <laughs> yep. Yeah, as soon as she sees the acid burn, she's, like, she goes in full mode, like, fuck. Yeah, full panic mode, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I do think it's interesting. Um, I'm not sure I'm... I, I'm not willing to say that I don't like it, mm-hmm. but it does kind of grate me, and I'm sure there's a better reason for it, but she keeps everything close to the vest. Like, right. she does not... She sees it, but she doesn't go around, like, there might be something dangerous on this. Like, yeah. there's an alien... You know, she she really, really tries to obfuscate the, the reason yeah, why yeah. she's so freaked out, which I feel is an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a wrong choice, but an interesting one. Right, right, yeah. Uh, so Ripley demands to examine Newt's body, and she gives it the once-over, trying to determine if an embryo burst out of it. Um, and then she demands to do an autopsy on it, claiming that cholera was mm-hmm. the reason. Which everyone is kind of like, no, there hasn't been cholera in like 200 years. Like, yeah. what, what are you talking about, you weird lady? Then again, she's been asleep for most of that time, right. so <laughs> she... <laughs> I don't know, but... Also... They don't know how, like, how, because we don't actually have a time frame of this movie, like, how long they were in cryosleep, right? Right, I don't think so. So, like... I don't think it's as long as the gap between alien and aliens. Probably not, but, I mean, it's not unheard of. Right. So, like, dude, yeah, there hasn't been a cholera outbreak in 200 years, but what if this girl has been asleep for 200 years? (laughs) Right. Do you want to be responsible for that coming back? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, Ripley does an autopsy on Newt. Originally, the autopsy scene was much more graphic and showed a lot more. Really? They, they filmed it that way, but it was like kind of traumatizing for uh, Sigourney Weaver and even like the rest of the cast and crew. Yeah, I to, like do it. an autopsy on what's essentially a little girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, because so I mean, they, it's pretty brutal as it, is. Yeah, but it was apparently much showed much more. That's crazy. And it got cut down for being too disturbing and. To prevent the movie from getting an NC-17 rating. Yeah, that's a, probably a good call. Um, but Weaver was, like, especially upset at this because she spent so much time with the actress the model was based on. Yeah. Um, but she said that Fincher was very understanding and helpful through the entire process and gave her as much time as she needed to process it. That's good. That's good. And I guess they, they actually became pretty good friends. Good, over the course good. Of I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Something good came of it. Yeah. Everything I've heard about Fincher makes him sound like a standout guy. That's fantastic. I, I appreciate that. Which is weird considering the other movies he's made. <laughs> yeah, but... Like Seven and Fight Club and <laughs> Gone Girl and... <laughs> All these, like, really dark, disturbing movies. And the case of Benjamin Button, I guess. <laughs> Another dark, disturbing movie. Yeah, about an old man who turns into a baby. Oh, devious. <laughs> Friggin' gross. <laughs> So yeah, she does the autopsy, doesn't find anything. Originally in the script, uh, the reason the Queen Facehugger did land on Newt and implant her. Mm -hmm. But when she started to drown, the embryo shot out of her mouth and swam to Ripley. But they couldn't figure out how to shoot it. That, also, why? I don't know. Like don't that know. seems pointless. I, I do not know. All right. Well, I'm glad that they did away with that. Yeah, yeah. That seems dumb. Yeah. Uh, and then Ripley demands that the bodies be cremated. Mm -hmm. Just in case. Yeah, yeah. Like, just to be super sure. Yeah. But the superintendent argues with her, like, no, we're just going to send the bodies with you when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's kind of fucked up, honestly. Yeah. You've got a giant, like, burning, constantly burning thing. Like, Yeah, but I mean, I... <laughs> I can kind of see it, though. Like, if I was in charge of something and right. a couple bodies just showed up and they're like, you got to burn these, I'd be pretty reluctant to. I'd be like, uh, that, no, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> so, yeah, um, all the prisoners are double Y chromosomal, which is an actual condition. It does not cause increased violence in any capacity. So that's kind of made up for this. Uh, all the prisoners have found religion, and Dylan is both like their... Leader in the prison and, like, their spiritual leader. Yeah. Honestly, I, I always got the impression that he was just straight up the spiritual leader, and that's yeah. kind of what put him in the, Probably, the leadership yeah. role. Yeah. He was, like, the one who originally, like, got religious mm -hmm. and kind of brought everyone else to him. Right, right. Yeah, because, I mean, of, with the exception of the the three actual personnel, there mm -hmm. is, I didn't get the distinct impression that there was no actual hierarchy here. No, other not. than that spiritual yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Not anymore, anyway. There may have been at one point before it was closed, but these are the only people who remain. Right. Uh, two prisoners are preparing one of the ox to slaughter and hosing it down from lice so that they don't accidentally eat a lice. A louse. <laughs> um, and they're talking about, like, oh, wow, there's there's a Ripley around and she's awful sexy, I, I know. Bet. Quit flaunting your vulva at the inmates. Yeah. Jeez. So they, they perform this kind of gross shtick for a while. Um... And then one of the prisoners holds up a dead facehugger. 
Yeah, oop. Dun, Showing dun, what dun. killed this ox. <laughs> yeah, and this is where I realized how different this was. Yeah, because in the theatrical cut, it's a dog. It's a doggy. It's a a, a Rottweiler. Yeah. And, and they, you know, cut it, like, shave its face a little bit to show where the face hugger got on and everything. Right. Know? Which, now this is, so this is where the controversy, I think, comes uh-huh. from. Because... On one hand, I mean, yeah, it's it's not great to see this poor doggo die in this movie, uh-huh. in the theatrical cut, um, but I do think that it makes more sense for what the alien looks like for it to have oh. been, come from a dog. Um, I mean, I guess this is probably before they really had the idea that the xenomorphs really took on the uh, right. kind of the characteristics of their host. Yeah. Um, but, like, I have a distinct memory of the toy line that, that eventually followed of... And, and in the comics, you know, uh-huh. that where you had more bestial-like aliens. That's not from really the comics? Well, I know it, it, it was not necessarily Partially. from the comics, but it's in the comics. Yeah, what that what the that toy line and everything comes from more is because they were going to do a Saturday morning alien cartoon. <laughs> okay, now that would have been rad. Yeah. <laughs> as stupid as it is, I would have loved like that. The, it, it didn't happen, but the right. toys had already been made, and right. the arcade game was already made. Oh, <laughs> So there's a side-scrolling aliens beat 'em up, yeah, that features Ripley and I believe Hicks, <laughs> and like a two-player like beat 'em up, shoot 'em up style thing, and all of the aliens are like this one implanted on a bat, so it's got big old bat wings right. and stuff like that. But I remember having some of these toys. Oh and yeah, they were the They're coolest cool. shit. They were super. Yeah, they were fucking awesome. Yeah, I think I had one of the aliens that had the wings, and they were rad as hell. Yeah, but I remember there was specifically a bull alien. Yeah, yeah. And, and it like it had a trigger on it that made its head go pow. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would have loved to see in this movie. <coughs> I want to see its head go pow. Yeah, <laughs> but, I know, right? No, um, but how cool would it have been if this guy had big old horns? Right, like if he was more bulky and stuff. Uh-huh. So that's that is actually where I think the theatrical edition, with the exception of the fact that again, don't want to see poor Doggo die. Right. I do think that it makes more sense that it came from a dog rather than the bull. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a, just me. A lot of that is because the original, like, suit actor for the alien was a whippet <laughs> in a bad alien costume that they couldn't get to stop acting like a dog. <laughs> so they dressed up this poor whippet because it's, you know, kind of skinny, long, weird looking dog, honestly. Right, right. And they dressed it up in the xenomorph costume. We're like, okay, you're going to be our suit actor and then we'll. Like, we'll, you know... Yeah, we'll we'll do some After Effects. Right. And the dog was like, yeah, I'm a big happy dog. Woo! And it started bouncing around and, like, being all happy and cute and stuff. Like, this Come is just on. not going to work. That might have worked, though. Come on, you cowards. <laughs> like, that would have been unnerving in a different way. Yeah. And I think that, again, if it was maybe done in a modern... With the modern lens lately, like, uh-huh. I think they could make that really, really work. Yeah. Like, because I, I, a large part of horror, at least nowadays, back then... Sure, it was a little bit more streamlined, but nowadays it's it's comes from the uncertainty. Yeah. And if you see this little alien creature bouncing around like a dog and then suddenly you tear your face off, yeah. it's gonna be like, This thing's unpredictable. I don't know what's gonna yeah. happen. It could be it could work. I I'm just saying, it could yeah. work. Um But yeah, it you know, it didn't move like a xenomorph, it moved like a, a dog. dog. And so yeah. it didn't really work <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a okay. lot of different ways. That I can see, but and it was just way too happy. <laughs> He's thrilled was to be like, there. It wasn't a professional stunt dog. Yeah. It was like one of the producer's pets or something <laughs> like that. And they're like, okay, here, we can use we can use my dog. Yeah. And I mean, 
More power to the dog. He didn't get pissed when they put all the stuff on him. Uh, yeah. He was just real happy to be there and befriend no... all of his friends. Guys, maybe you could have cut the picture that you had to pay for and put it into like an actual stunt dog, but whatever. I don't know. That just reminds me. I forget which movie it is, but it's it's a more recent movie where there's a scene of a bunch of wolves uh-huh. and they had trained dogs as the uh-huh. wolves, but they had to CG their tails because the oh, yeah, wolves yeah. kept wagging their tails because they were just so happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. That happens a lot from what <laughs> I understand. Just, I believe it. It just reminds me of that and that's because very it's funny. it's impossible to get a dog to not be happy. <laughs> like when they're around all their friends. Yeah, when they are happy, oh, yeah. they are, they're going to show it. Are you happy, boy? Oh, you're a sleepy boy. Your mom's okay. <laughs> Depressed? Nope, there, there it is. There we go. There okay. we go. There's the happy there's tail. The, Yay! There's the tail. <laughs> But anyway. That's a good boy. Alright, so we know where Alien is coming from, and Ripley gets a symbolic nosebleed at this point. <gasps> I wonder what that means. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, alien bursts from the dead ox and scuttles off. So we have this thing where we have the funeral for Hicks and Newt while something else horrific is being born. Which is a, a good scene. It's a I good scene, it's yeah. Good it's scene. cut really like disturbingly yes it works well yes and the, the music is just like very con- it's impactful it's impactful especially considering this is another behind the scenes fuckery i don't want to hear this then the poor <laughs> composer had to do most of the music in two days <laughs> oh man he did not sleep like oh that poor man yeah he he, he did it over a weekend oh jesus oh yeah that's disgusting yeah yeah Good job, America. (laughs) (laughs) So our newborn alien scuttles off, and then they take Ripley in to get her head shaved because of all the lice. Yep. This place apparently has a a pretty severe lice problem. I mean, we saw it. We saw it, yeah. (laughs) There was a lot. And those were actual lice. Ooh. (laughs) Gross. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Sigourney Weaver did not care for that particular scene. (laughs) She, I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, So... While they're doing that, Dylan goes to uh, the dip- all the prisoners and tries to do some peacekeeping and c- calm everyone's tits, essentially, about the woman being around in the prison. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's a super great idea for Ripley to come into the mess hall at this point. Yay! A lot of mercy. A pair of tits walked in. Yeah. And the, the thing is, like, because she's wearing the same jumpsuit as the prisoners and her head is completely shaved and everything, she's essentially sexless. Yeah, she, like... If you didn't know, just kind of glancing around, you wouldn't yeah. really notice. Yeah, she looks like so. every other prisoner, which was kind of my problem with a lot of this movie, is I had difficulties telling the different characters apart. Because <laughs> everyone looks Everybody exactly the looks same. Everybody looks very similar, right, right? Yeah, especially with me. Like, I don't I don't recognize people based off of facial structure. For me, it's mostly right. hairstyles. <laughs> especially in movies. Like, that's yeah. how I identify people. And... Right, right. Where so... they're all wearing identical jumpsuits with shaved heads. It's like... I can't tell who's who sometimes yeah. when they're it? all in a group. <laughs> <laughs> I see Dutton. There he is. <laughs> Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> I know him. I oh, does that make me racist? Oh, no. <laughs> I seriously thought that one of the prisoners died like three times. Because like I was like, oh, shit, that's what's his name. He's dead. Oh, wait, no, no. Nope, that wasn't him because he's talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, now he's dead. Oh, wait, uh, no. Nope, nope, still not him. No, he died again now later on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't struggle too much, though, personally. But It, it was mainly when they were in group shots. And it's just like, I don't know who's. Who's who right now? Oh yeah, too many of them. (laughs) (laughs) There's too many of them. They're all clones. Yeah, yeah. They're all. They could all be featured on the cover of a of a a video game produced in the uh, 2010s. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) An action game. 
Uh, so Ripley grabs her food and goes to sit with uh, Dr. Clemens, who tells her that the company wanted to close down the prison and the foundry, but Dylan and the converted prisoners were allowed to stay, along with um, two supervisors and a medic as custodians. That's it. Yep. And there we go. That's why this is a prison, and also there's only like 20 people here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Because they, they chose to stay in Ship Planet. <laughs> yeah, these are the weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after this, we see a prisoner who is, like, scraping the vents of various scum. <laughs> and he's singing uh, a song from the 70s because apparently that survived into the year, like, 2300 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this weird, like, novelty song. Actually, I think it's from the 60s. <laughs> In the year 2525. Hey, hey man, you, you like what you like. Yeah, I know, I know. Just kind of weird. <laughs> um, well, they just, they, they forgot how to make good music. Like, that's just... Uh, and he steps on a, like, shed skin from the Xenomorph. Showing that it's, it's growing, it's getting bigger and yep. spookier. And then, like, it pops out of a vent and spits a glob of gunk in his face, which is not something I knew they could do, but this one sure can. This one can. He'll never do it again. Well, it's because of the bull DNA. Yeah, but bulls, <laughs> as, as you know, have projectile vomit. Yeah, they, they do. <laughs> if it was acidic, man, we'd be fucked. <clears throat> and I, but um, this, this scene is hysterical. If you watch it from, like, I bought this movie on Amazon. Right. And if you have the subtitles on... Oh, yeah, yeah. They forgot that this is actually the assembly cut for the subtitles. Because I started seeing subtitles of this guy calling for his dog. Oh. There is no dog in the assembly cut. I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, because in, I, I do remember in the theatrical cut, right. like, they ADR'd him, obviously. Um, when he's looking in the vent, like, Spike, is that you? You know, are uh -huh. you there, Spike? Come on out. And the subtitles told me that's what he was saying. Even oh. though he was not saying anything in the assembly That's cut. funny. It was hilarious. I wonder if there's any other cases of that. The, that was the only time I noticed it in this movie. Right. Um, I know there's been other ones we've watched where that's been the case. Right. But it, it definitely happens. get really sloppy with subtitles. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really notice it anywhere okay. else in the movie. Okay. But in this scene in particular, it was really bad. Like, it kept going. <laughs> it mm -hmm. was really funny. But yeah, it shoots acid in his face, and he goes, ah, there's acid in my face, and he kind of falls and rolls into a fan, and gets squeeze-hearted. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets cuts. Yeah, there's not a whole lot left of that boy. I mean, I didn't think the fan was spinning that fast, but I what mean, do I know? I wouldn't want to fall into it at any speed. <laughs> that, that's fair, that's fair. <clears throat> um, Ripley has a reaction to the alien, because they are connected, you see. Uh, and she wakes up next to Clemens because they did a fuck. Yeah, the, she was pent up too. Yeah. All of the, the... He was pent up. She was pent up. They, mm. they were attracted to each other. It was consensual. You know what? Good for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I know there's been, there was a few people who worked on the other movies who really didn't like that Clemens and Ripley hooked up. Like, they didn't feel that was in character with Ripley, but uh, I don't have any problem with it, really. No, it didn't bother me at all. I mean... I think it's people who were really hung up on, like, the... Ripley Hicks ship. I'm not like. <laughs> it's a possibility, like, but I could definitely see it with the, with the with the week that Ripley's been having. Yeah, and yeah. she finally meets somebody who seems to be honestly kind of a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But uh, and and the same level of mysterious that she is being, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I could see it. It didn't it didn't bother me at all. 
because uh, after this, Ripley notes that uh, Clemens has a barcode tattooed on the back of his head, but he insists that he's not a prisoner at the place. He's an actual medic. Like, yeah. He's, he's not incarcerated here. Yeah. Which I, I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but like later on the... Uh... The warden, or I, uh, the uh, the superintendent, like mm-hmm. threatens that he's gonna tell Ripley his past. Yeah, like it's like this huge like this weight huge, and thing. yeah, yeah. And then you find out what it is, and it's like, wasn't I mean, you can see that why, bad, I guess. You can see why Clemens would be ashamed of what happened. Maybe I guess. I mean, yeah, I could see that, but damn, like I I don't think it would be important enough to for somebody to use as blackmail against you, but. Yeah. In this way, anyway, but, but but I guess we'll get to it when we get yeah, to it. Yeah. But and Clemens gets called away because a prisoner has died. They found bits of him. Yeah, Clemens examines the vent uh, where the boy died, and finds another acid burn similar to what Ripley was looking at in the escape pod. Da da da. Yep. Meanwhile, Ripley pulls a computer from the wrecked pod while Clemens tells her what he found. And is like, you know something about this? And she's like, yes, I do, but you're just going to have to trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to tell you for some reason. Yeah. Like, again, I think that a case could probably be made that she just doesn't trust that these guys aren't working for Waylon yutani Although right. I, it hasn't been explicitly, like, pointed out that they are working for Waylon yutani yeah, in the yeah. movie. Other than, like, the superintendent sending them a message and stuff. But um, I guess it's just a fact that it's just kind of known. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably why she's being so secretive, but without that context, it's like, lady, just tell them. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody's in immense danger right now. Just tell them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ripley wants to decode what was on this computer, but they, this being a, a shitty prison, they don't have anything that can do that. Nope. Uh, so, Clemens points her towards the remains of Bishop, because he can do it. Yeah, there you go. There's a robot. There's there's the most advanced technology on this. Yeah, planet. basically. <laughs> this fucked up robot. Uh, and then Clemens goes to a meeting with the warden. And a group of prisoners heads out to go do a thing. Yeah, I I don't know. Well, this is the, the group of prisoners that are going out to go, like, scavenge and stuff. I don't know what they're doing. Like, I, I don't know, man. They're just gone. <laughs> they're just, they, 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 they gotta out. go out and do stuff. Yeah, is this the scene where they're like talking to like I actually think it happened already, but where they're uh they're talking to um I don't remember his character's the character's name, but uh Dutton Dylan? Is it Dylan? Dutton's character? Yes. Yeah, Dylan. They're talking to Dylan about this other Yeah, Gallic. Gallic that they're like, We don't want to go out with him, he's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, please don't make us go out with him and yeah. he's like, No, you're going out with him. And you're gonna you're gonna light a hundred candles and put, them, yeah. and put them exactly two feet apart so you don't get lost. Right. <laughs> so Andrews tells Clemens that the company wants Ripley looked after because they consider her a very valuable subject, which is disturbing. Yeah. And it becomes very apparent that Andrews and Clemens hate each other's guts. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, meanwhile, Ripley finds the remains of Bishop. But she is then cornered by a group of prisoners who intend to rape her. Old men are the true monsters. But Dylan rescues her and beats the crap out of the prisoners, saying that they need a readjustment in the moral. Right. And thankfully this scene doesn't go that far. No. And it it doesn't come back again. No. Like, this is the last part where it's like, oh no, woman can't control. Yeah. Ooh. So. 
And Dylan, Dylan comes in and is just like, boys will be boys, my fucking ass, and yeah. beats their shit Learn in. to behave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we're good. And then um, Ripley kicks one on the way out. Yeah. Because she's cool. You go, we girl. we like her. Yes. <laughs> Ripley is one of the most badass um, action heroes oh, ever. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> she takes no goddamn prisoners. So, yeah, uh, then we cut back to Gallic and his friends who are, you know, Doing whatever the fuck it is they're doing. <laughs> Laying out these candles, and then the candles go out, and they're like, oh, no, we got to relight those candles. Well, yeah, because they're using them as a, as a breadcrumb trail. Right. But the only thing that I can kind of guess, because I was, I, I was trying to imagine, like, do they just walk around with a backpack or, like, a wagon full of fucking candles? I don't know. I think the candles are already there. Could like be. they've been laid out and they just light them in order to show which path they've taken. Yeah. That's the, cause otherwise it's like, who gives a shit if they're lit or not? You can still tell right. where they are. So I, I think that that's the idea is that these candles are just already there. They were yeah. placed down probably by team decades ago. Yeah. Whatever. And they're just lining every single damn hallway down this place and they just light them to show, Hey, this is the path we're taking. Yeah. Um, and they probably light so many of them in case a few of them go out. But Well, in this case, they all go out. They are all going out. They're being put out by an alien who's a jerk. <laughs> who, who's made of wind? I don't know. But <laughs> Alien's of, got some breathy... Yeah. <laughs> he's got breathy tendencies. One of the uh, the non gallic prisoners gets got by the alien. Yeah. So, that sucks for him. He's He's gone. Uh, then the remaining two find another dead prisoner and... The other one gets alien. The non-Gallic one gets aliened. Yep. Gallic survives. Yep. <laughs> to to tell the tale. Yeah. For better or worse. And this would be a problem later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it would. Uh, Ripley plugs her like black box computer into Bishop, who comes alive and is like, "Oh shit, everything's awful. Oh yeah. god, why?" <laughs> My favorite thing. feeling my legs hurt yeah. when he's just a torso is Mwah. yeah like that no. is that is just so good lance hendrickson's great in this movie he is amazing <laughs> for what little he's in it yeah oh god i loved that yeah but uh she finds out through bishop that there was in fact an alien on the ship there was an alien and oh, it no. got on to the escape pod with them so Yay. you know this sucks this is bad for the, for everybody yep so. Alien yep. on board the prison planet. Yeah. Oopsie poopsie. Hey, maybe now it's time to tell everybody. Yeah, you'd think. No. <laughs> Still not. Yeah. Uh, Ripley's like, I have to be, like, double dog sure. <laughs> I have to know. I have to see it, and I need it to breathe on my neck before I can tell people. <laughs> Ripley is like, oh, hey, Bishop, um... Do you want us to, like, keep you around? We might be able to repair you. And Bishop's just like, bitch, look at me. <laughs> yeah, my legs hurt. Put he, me out. <laughs> he's half of a head and half of a torso. There's not enough left of this boy. So Ripley, like, begrudgingly disconnects Bishop and allows him to go to robot heaven. <laughs> uh, and meanwhile, uh, Gallic has returned from his candle expedition. And Yay. is just eating cereal in the cantina. <laughs> All covered in blood. And just, yeah. <laughs> I mean... He worked up an appetite, I'm sure. Yeah, so he gets grabbed by the other prisoners, and they start asking him what happens, and he says that a dragon got the other two. Which I think is really cool. I, I really mm -hmm. like that they he used the term dragon instead of, like, monster or something. Right, right. I, it's a simple thing, but I like it. Yeah. 
Uh, so Ripley tells Andrews about the alien, you know, that there is a, another life form on this planet that came with them. And, uh, it's a bad time for everyone on this, this prison planet now because, oh boy. Yeah. We're all going to die. Yeah. But he kind of disregards her warnings and is just like paying her just lip service and then confines her to the infirmary anyway, so that she doesn't get in any more prisoner trouble. <laughs> so she doesn't go asking for it in, yeah. in the other hall. Do other you see how she's dressed? Oh my gosh. <laughs> These men clearly can't help themselves. Uh, while tending to her, Clemens reveals that he was addicted to morphine and allowed 11 people to die while attending to them, mm-hmm. which is pretty bad. It's bad, but again, it's like. That's where the the thing it's like the backstory isn't as controversial as I think it you think it is like yeah, yeah I understand that you probably have a lot of remorse for that yeah. I get that you know I was a I was an addict he even said he was drunk at the time yeah um and he made a mistake and that's what got a bunch of people killed but it's like it wasn't done with intent mm-hmm. you have since repented or at least yeah. made a an, a very very concentrated he, he effort to, to repent he went to prison for it mm-hmm. and got clean in jail yeah and then came back and decided to repay his debt by becoming a prison medic right right like so, i like man it's one of those things where it seems like he's kind of if not moved past it at least accepted it right but that's and, that's just it like yeah. if, if you're at that point like you don't need to keep it secret from everybody Especially the new lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But whatever. That's just that is just it, me. It's very strange. It feels I, like there should have been either more to it, or he shouldn't have cared as much. Right. Like again, if it was more of a malicious, like yeah. I in, I had done this, I made a mistake and made the decision to kill these people. Okay, right. then I could see it. Yeah. But like, no, it, it was literally like he fucked up the dosage while yeah, he was. That was it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's awful. Yes, and I can see that. I can see you being very, very torn up about it, and that's probably something you'll never get over. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just me. Gripe. Small gripe. Small yeah. gripe. But while they're talking, uh, Gallic, who is handcuffed to a, uh, or like, not handcuffed, but like, straight strapped. jacketed. He, yeah. yeah, he's straight jacketed and strapped to a gurney. Yeah, in the in the, the uh, infirmary. Notices that the alien is alienating around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the alien fucking grabs Clemens by the neck and chomps on his head, uh, turns into a cartoon character, turns back into a practical effect. And gives us the most recognizable shot in, like, the entire series. Yep. And now the tragic backstory doesn't matter. Yeah. Right after we were told it. But anyway. Because the alien gets right up in Ripley's face and, like, breathes on her and, like, licks her with its secondary mouth. And (laughs) just gives you a little peck on the cheek. Yeah, a little kissy kiss. And then it backs off for some reason. Yeah. We don't know why. We don't know this. Um, Ripley is starting to suspect things, though. Yeah. Because Ripley's smart. (laughs) Yeah. So Dylan leads the prisoners in prayer again and then tries to rally them that like, hey, we know people have been dying left and right. This is more people than we've ever had die in this, <laughs> in this place. So, uh, you know, that's kind of shitty, but uh, we gotta, we gotta stand firm and be our best prisoner selves. The alien grabs Andrews while he's talking to the prisoners and trying to do rumor control and is being like, hey, there's no alien on this ship. It's some crazy bullshit. And then he gets yoinked up into the vents and killed. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty By good. the aforementioned alien. And my my favorite thing is the scene, like, right following this, where they have the one prisoner mopping up the blood. Yes, that's vent. great. <laughs> it's, that's I gr- love that. It's so such much. a grim shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. 
uh, Aaron tries to take control of the situation. Aaron being the, like, sub-supervisor and a complete dumbass. Uh, but the prisoners, like, don't respect him even the slightest bit. Where they did kind of have at least some respect for Andrews. Yeah. A little bit. They call him 85. Yeah, because apparently that's what he got on his IQ test. Yeah, and they all found out. Yeah. Uh, they want to, like, seal off the area so that the alien can't get around. But there's just too much area to seal off the vents are, like, cavernous. And most of the technology here doesn't work anyway. So <laughs> nothing works. Nothing works, yeah. Uh, but there is an abandoned toxic waste disposal site that would be perfect for locking an alien inside. Yeah, they built a, a toxic bunker. waste bunker that they never used. Yeah, yeah. Which is good, because the last thing you want is a, a friggin' sci-fi movie mutated alien. In- <laughs> Although, <laughs> how rad would that have been? It would have been rad, but... Totally atonal to the rest of the movie, but... <laughs> a little bit. That's what fan fiction is for. <laughs> but Ripley, Aaron, and the prisoners uh, prepare to trap the alien as they do a montage. Yeah, as, as because they gear up. <laughs> because Ripley tells them the others were afraid of fire, which is a statement that I think is stretched a bit. But okay, they certainly didn't like being lit on fire, but most things don't. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know if they are any more afraid of fire than anything else that is flammable. Right, and in the first movie, that alien just straight up didn't give a shit. <laughs> but we notice that uh, Ripley is getting. Seemingly getting sicker as this is going on. Um, and Dylan notices that she's getting sicker. And is like, hey, you need to, to chill. But while this is going on, and they're like preparing all their stuff and everything, uh, another prisoner gets got by the alien and drops his torch. Which causes everything to go up in flames and fuck everything forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, you really probably should have seen this coming when you started coating the walls and flammables and passing out flint sticks or whatever the hell yeah, you are. Yeah, they're basically candles. Yeah. <laughs> like, these people walking around with candles. <laughs> mm, I probably should have thought of that. Yeah. But, okay. There are so many prisoners on fire in this moment. This is where I thought, like, a lot of people died, but I guess didn't, they didn't. Yeah. I think it's just the people who were... Not on camera or named or, yeah. you know, it's just, it's the other prisoners. Because they said that, how many were there? 25? Something like that. We don't see that many at any given no. time. So I think this is where they all die. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, during the scene when the, everything is exploding, they totally just straight up replayed the exact same shot of a guy getting uh-huh. thrown by an explosion. Uh-huh. So there's that. Uh, Dylan tries to activate the fire suppe- suppression, but it doesn't work because nothing works. Um, and, like, the CGI is just so bad on the alien. In this yeah. Scene. It's, like, this it's is bad. really, really bad. It, it's so bad. It, okay. The only way I can describe how the CGI alien looks in this is, like, when you're watching an old cartoon and you know something's gonna move because <laughs> it's, it's colored completely different yeah, than everything else. You can it stands out. Yeah. yeah, that's how the alien looks compared to everything else. Like, he's kind of blurry and... <laughs> To me, it, it looks like, uh, you know, those old, um, those little viewer, those little red, like, viewer Oh, the V-Masters. The, the V-Masters, yeah, yeah, where everything is in 3D. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Like, he's one of those. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It, the, like, the CGI was just it's not real, here it's, for it's this. It's real bad. Like, it was not ready for prime time. Yeah. Um, so, a prisoner named Junior lures the alien into the toxic waste chamber and Ripley, Ripley locks the two of them in, and Dylan finally gets the fire suppression to work. So everyone is less on fire at the moment, which is good. Yay, that's important. Yep. 
Yeah, and all of this, too, is, if I'm not mistaken, not in the theatrical release. Like, I don't remember the... Maybe it's the fire so and stuff. It's been so long since I've seen... But I know that, like, they, the locking of them... Locking the alien in the... Um, into the containment mm-hmm. cell. And what happens next mm-hmm. was not in the theatrical release, yeah. for sure. So, like, this changes the movie completely, in my opinion. Yeah. So, uh, Aaron is convinced that when the company comes to pick up Ripley, they're gonna kill the alien. And Ripley's like, no, they're not. They've they've never done that. <laughs> yeah, like, they want this thing. Like, the first time they encountered this alien, they were like, ooh, gimme. Yeah, they <laughs> and considered the crew expendable yeah. as opposed to the alien. Yeah, they're like, gimme the alien. I don't care about anybody else. Right, yeah. Uh, so back in the infirmary, uh, Gallic pleads with Morse to be let go and says that, you know, Morse is always his friend and he gives him cigarettes first and all this stuff. Uh, and Morse is like, fine, if it'll shut you up, I'll let you go. And like, lets him go and then... It backfires immediately. Gollum bonks him on the back of the head and knocks him out. I thought he killed Morse. Yeah. He did not. No. Just knocked him out. <laughs> uh, and then he goes to where the alien is contained. Because he, he is now, like, turned away from God and is instead worshipping an alien. Yeah, he thinks he has, a like, a psychic connection with it. Right, yes. Or, or like, a maybe a spiritual connection right. with it. Because it, it spared him. <laughs> yeah. Twice! Uh, Aaron and Ripley communicate with the Weyland-Yutani uh, rescue ship and confirm that the company does want to recover the alien. Uh, which... Aaron is just still not going to believe for the rest of the movie. Like, uh-huh. He's like, no, that, that would be insane. Why would they do that? Yeah, like, they're, they're telling me that, but they're lying, clearly. Yeah, yeah. And then Gallic goes to the toxic waste chamber where the alien is, uh, kills the guard, and lets that fucker out. <laughs> he releases the cartoon. Yep. Um, Ripley is really starting to have a PTSD reaction over the result, or like the revelation that, yeah, Johnny's gonna come and pick up that alien and kill everyone else here. Yeah, like, yeah. That's there's no, there is no hope or salvation. Yeah, yeah. There's... Ripley is just like at this point, we're all gonna die, but we need to make sure that thing dies first. Yeah, yeah. Um, Morin, Dylan, and, or Morse, Dylan, and Aaron all start yelling at each other over whose fault it is that the alien is now out, <laughs> and Ripley tucks herself back in a cryo tube. I thought that this was gonna be like that's. She's thinking that's the only place she's ever been safe. So that's... She's tucking herself into bed, essentially. Yeah. But no, she's using it as a bioscanner so she can... Yeah, I was going to say, she's way more badass than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But... Well, I, I, you know, if I was suffering from PTSD, that's what i do, is I'd Agreed. cover my head with a blanket. Agreed. Same. <laughs> but I'm not... Hey, I'm not saying that I'm better than Ripley in any regard. Because <laughs> Ripley could kick my ass every which way from Tuesday in every regard. Yeah. Physically, mentally, with fortitude, whatever. <laughs> she is a much more powerful person than I. <laughs> <coughs> For that yeah, matter, Sigourney Weaver is a much more powerful yeah. person than I, but... but... Yeah, she runs a bioscan on herself, and it shows that she does, in fact, have an alien embryo inside Yay, her. Yay, she's Pruggers! One that looks a little bit different from the Normals. alien who's running around right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan and the other prisoners huddle up and, like, keep themselves in, like, that commons area where all the cells are, and, like, we're gonna defend ourselves here. This is gonna be our last stand. Yeah, and they, they plan on stabbing it. Yeah. Which, which will not work. Yeah, as badass it'll, as Ripley... work once. <laughs> well, the thing is, as badass as Ripley is, I do think she would have... Like, they would have all benefited from her telling them that its blood yeah. is acidic. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently she did not 
tell them. And she told um, Andrews. Cause well, he, that, that matters. Oh, well, yeah, because he, <laughs> he mentions, like, oh, this thing has acidic blood, huh? <laughs> and then dies. <laughs> right. So, but, like, it's like Ripley, like, you no longer have to keep things close to the vest. You can you can tell people. Mm-hmm. It, it might help your situation. Yeah. But also, I do love, I think we passed it already, but uh-huh. when she's talking to Dylan um, about this, and I, I just loved the exchange that they have. Um, and I'm going to put it in. Why do we have to kill it? You just said the company's coming for it. That's right. They want to take it back. Some sort of weapon. Yeah, what's wrong with that? They can't control it. They don't understand. It'll kill them all. Like I said, what's wrong with that? And then she's like, no, it's going to kill everybody. And he's just like, okay, fine. Yeah. But yeah. I do really enjoy that. And like, it's going to kill them all. So? so? <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with the weapon? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Dylan and the prisoners realize that they would have a much better chance if they retreat to the uh, the foundry's furnace. Because for one thing, it's warm there, so they won't freeze to death. And also, alien no like fire, apparently. Yeah, apparently. We are told this a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ripley tries to convince Aaron to tell... The company that, like, there is a biohazard here and they'd better not come. Like, there's a, a plague of some kind or whatever. So it's that the they cholera won't... again. Yeah, so that they won't <laughs> land. And Aaron is like, no, like, they're going to come and rescue us all. And we're going to go get ice cream. And it's going to be great. <laughs> yes. We'll go to soccer practice and, and get a Capri Sun. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> um, Stop by Space Dairy Queen on the way home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ripley theorizes that the reason the alien has let her go so many times is because the embryo that's inside of her is another queen, which is why it looks a little different, which is, you know, 100% correct. Yep. I mean, that's a fair assessment, too. And the rescue ship uh, has started flying towards the planet as it is now a mere two hours out. Yeah, I love that. They're like, we're on our way. We'll be there in 10 hours. Uh, Ripley's got one in her tummy. We'll be there in two. Yeah. (laughs) Because they, they have, in fact... Received Ripley's bioscan data from when she did that. Uh huh. It it transmitted off to the company. Uh, Ripley wanders off by herself because she's trying to find the alien and like test her theory if it's gonna kill her or not. Yeah. Or if it doesn't, at least she'll be dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. She's just like, either I'm done with this myself and I don't have to worry about it right. anymore, or I prove my theory and redouble. We can redouble our efforts. Either way, I yeah. win. Which is like. This is, like, where the movie's really real nihilism, like, Uh ongoing arc comes in. Because it's like, yeah, I'm going to die one way or another here. I'm not making it through this. Right. Uh, She thinks she sees it, but it's actually a pipe that is filled with lice. Which is... Gross. It's gross, but it's kind of a cool scene. Yeah, because it looks exactly like the alien. Uh Like, you think, oh shit, there it is. And then she bonks it, and it's just lice explosion. (laughs) But it, it is actually lurking in the city behind, or the, the city, behind. the ceiling behind her, mm-hmm. and drops down uh, next to her, and is like, "You think, you know? Well, that's it for Ripley because it cuts away real fast." Yeah. But no, we know, we know, we know. She returns to Dylan and confirms that it won't kill her, and she begins pleading with Dylan to kill her. Yeah, but it's funny because she's like, "I just saw it an hour ago." I'm like, "Bitch, that was the previous scene." Yeah. <laughs> you just saw it not yeah. an hour ago. <laughs> Uh, Dylan is like, yeah, sure, I'll kill you. I'm a killer. I'm a kill boy. <laughs> so she, like, prostrates herself against the bars of the cell, and he brings up his, what is it? A, it's an axe. A fire axe. A fire yeah, axe. A fire axe. Mm-hmm. And is going to kill her with it, and then won't do it. 
and says that, yeah, he'll kill her, but not until after they kill the alien. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you ain't getting out of this that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to help us clean up what is essentially half your mess. <laughs> right. So they begin to develop a plan to lure the alien into the molten lead mold of the foundry and dump a bunch of molten red lead hot on lead on it. Yep. And just melt that critter. I mean, that'll do it. It should. You'd think. <laughs> it, sh- it fucking should have. Yeah, I know. It should. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in a There's second. There's no reason it should Yeah, come on. <laughs> Especially if this thing is as afraid of fire as she says it is. Right. But then we get a really good speech We from get Dylan. Dylan's really good nihilistic speech uh-huh. with the prisoners. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, we're going to fucking die. Let's go. <laughs> we're all going to die. Only question is when. This is as good a place as any to take our first steps to heaven. The only question is how you check out. Do you want it on your feet? Or on your fucking knees? Begging. I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, fuck that thing. Let's fight it. But he does rally them to the cause, um, and they begin this long sequence of, like, kiting the alien through the facility and, like, closing various doors and getting murdered by the alien. Yeah, and... as a kid, I remember really enjoying this scene, and I always it goes on the, a bit long. I always, I always thought the POV scenes were a lot cooler when I was a kid, but no, this scene goes on forever, and the POV scenes suck. Yeah, they are really bad. Compared to the earlier scene when they're essentially doing the same thing to get it into the toxic waste vault, uh huh. This one is not as good. It, it is real bad, and it goes on forever. Forever, it's really long. Yeah. Uh, the rescue ship is preparing to land on the planet. Prisoners are dropping like flies. There's, like, none of them left at this point. One of them has a particularly brutal death, in my opinion, because he's, like, running, sprinting down the hallway to the door, and then it cuts to the other side of the door because the alien is, like, above the door. Uh-huh. And it, like, I guess kind of clotheslines him, but all you see is just his torso just kind of, like... Yeah, fly yeah. out of the door and then back in. It's just like, oh, a bunch of blood splatters. Like, that one was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Ripley is, like, doing worse and worse as this go- goes on. Uh, they are real close to trapping the alien in the mold because this scene does, in fact, go on forever. Mm-hmm. The rescue team, rescue team, uh, <laughs> arrives planet side as troops and scientists and various other personnel pour out of the ship bunch of people in hazmat suits yep. and one dude who's not yep so uh ripley it the result is that ripley dylan and the alien are all trapped in the mold uh morse goes for the lead controls to dump it all on all of them um the alien tackles dylan and while it's tearing into him uh ripley gives the signal for morse to pull the lead and Dylan is just taunting the Xenomorph the entire yeah. time. Dylan it's is amazing. amazing. Yes, yeah. he's Dylan incredible. <laughs> Dylan is the hero this movie needed other than Ripley. <laughs> yeah. Like, he fills that role that Hicks did in the last movie uh-huh. like, perfectly. No, Dylan's, so. Dylan's great. Uh, and it looks like, yay, the alien is dead because there's just this mold filled with molten lead. lead. And it's like steaming. and Yeah, there's no way anything could fucking survive that. Yep. 
But no, it is not, because it bursts through, and it's all, like, partially melted and angry. <laughs> yeah, you see, it jumping out of the molten lead tells me all I need to know about this thing's aversion to fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does not give two shits. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. It, it doesn't like it, but it's not a weakness. Right. Yeah, it chases after Ripley because now it's in so much pain and so pissed off that it doesn't care about killing the, the yeah, queen embryo or anything. Uh, so she, what she does is soaking it. She soaks it in cold water from the, the fire suppression system. Yep, which uh, causes it to shatter and become brittle. Yeah, it and just it, explodes. It rapidly it cools so rapidly that it explodes. Yep, which is it's, it's cool. It's it a good is. Way to do it. it is like as soon as that part gone, it's like I forget the fact that it survived molten lead. Right. Yeah. So it's like okay, it had no business whatever. surviving. That. No, it did not. But uh. Meanwhile, Aaron leads the rescue team to Ripley and Morse, and Bishop is with the team. Mm. A Bishop, anyway. A Bishop. And, and Lance he... Hendrickson has gone back on back and forth if this is the real Bishop, like the person, or another android. Yeah. He can't make up his mind. <laughs> Every time you ask him, he'll give you a different answer. Well, the thing is, um, in the movie, he bleeds red and not milk. Right. So... It should be, but... Who knows? Yeah, but then again, at the same time, after um, after Morse hits him with a like the or not more, uh, um, uh, not Morse. Um, I think it's Aaron who hits him yeah, with a wrench Aaron. or something. It like tears his ear straight off. Right. So maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's a super advanced android or a not super advanced android because he doesn't have milk. I don't know. Or maybe he's one that they have built to perfectly replicate a human. Who like, knows? Who knows? But who knows? I he maybe also he's a David. <laughs> maybe. Um, but he also calls the alien a mutant. And right. I find that interesting. That's weird, yeah. Mm -hmm. I found that very interesting. But he, does, he also calls it the perfect organism like they do in the first movie. Right. So that's that's also kind of interesting. Yeah. I do think it's funny, though, that amongst this, these people that he has brought are cameramen. Like You're right. Like people with big old cameras. And he yells at them not to take pictures. Yeah, and it's like, then, then why did you bring you them? Bring them? <laughs> why did you even allow them here? I think he thought that they were going to find everyone else dead and just this alien hanging out. Right. And they were going to, or maybe the alien would be dead and they wanted to get pictures of, of its corpse. Or maybe. Something. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> or maybe he just didn't want them to record like him directly lying to Ripley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's at that point, like he realized like, okay, we are going to have to kill these people. Right. Let's not. That, but... That'll be bad PR. <laughs> Because, yeah, he promises, Bishop promises to Ripley that they can extract the embryo from him. It'll be like two cuts and it'll be right out of there. <laughs> and uh, then they're going to kill the embryo and it'll be fine. Everything will be cool. Yeah. And Ripley is just like, no, that's complete horseshit. Yeah, she calls his bluff. Calls his bluff. Uh, she gets on a, like, lift that Morse operates. They shoot Morse in the leg. Um, Aaron finally gets a clue as to what's going on and clubs Bishop in the back of the head, tearing his ear off yep. and gets shot for his trouble. So, you know, that was good for, good for you, Aaron. Like you, you redeemed yourself at the end. I yeah, guess you dumb motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Um, Ripley can feel the embryo starting to hatch in her chest. It's going to, it's just about to pop out and it's cause time. more havoc. It's time. So she does her swan dive into the furnace, uh, kind of clutching her chest tightly so that the alien can't escape. Which is... No, she has her arms out. Does she have her arms out? She has her arms she, I thought she, at the end, she went like that. Nope. Oh, okay. Her arms are outstretched. Never mind them. 
But that is one of the key differences between the uh, this version and the theatrical uh-huh. release. Because in the theatrical release, it does burst out right. of her chest while she's falling. And she, like, kind of, like, I don't want to say cuddles it or, like, kind of nurtures it or anything. but She holds it, it. She holds it. But in this one, it doesn't. Okay. And the the one of the... Tonally, it's very important because it, it ends on more of a, like, a Ripley 1 kind of note rather than a... Yeah. Rather than in the theatrical release where it's like, she didn't, yeah, so to speak. But in this way, she got to go out on her terms. Right. And okay. Yeah, so. no. That's good. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Morse, as the only survivor of uh, Fury 161, is led away in restraints, although he is probably going to get shot in the head pretty quick. He's not lasting. I mean, we don't ever see him again. No. <laughs> uh, and then we get... Ripley's voiceover from the end of the first movie about the Nostromo, her being the only survivor. And we get a brief caption telling us that Fury 161 is now sold for a scrap. <laughs> and that's the end of the original Alien trilogy. Yep, that's it. And if I had the patience, I think it would be really neat to watch this in the theatrical cut back to back. Yeah. But I don't have that patience. No. So. I don't have time for that. Nope. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Interesting story, honestly, There's if, if all, nothing else. Like I said, it's impossible to even talk about this movie without talking about everything that went on, like, behind the camera. And right. Even before the camera started rolling. Right. But this episode's been long enough, so. Eh. And it's about, about, you know, maybe a little longer than our usuals. Yeah. But, um, but cool, yeah, let's go ahead and jump over to the crunch. All right. So welcome back to the crunch. Yep. Let's uh, let's do a let's do an Alien Three. Yeah. This is um, going off of my other Xeno things. This is the Xenobol. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Appropriately. Yep. Uh, who is a medium monstrosity mm-hmm. uh, of any alignment? Although it probably should be some form of neutral or probably evil. probably just neutral. Because yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's a an creature. Animal. It's an animal. Yeah, it, it's it's not doing this out of maliciousness. It's doing this out of survival. Right. So, I think something. Yeah. I don't knows. know. Then again, like most animals, don't go around like slasher style killing everybody. It it's can true. See, so yeah. Uh, he's got an AC of fifteen of natural armor. Uh, thirty-eight hit points, which is seventy-eight plus seven. Speed of thirty feet and a climb of also thirty feet. Makes sense. We see that fucker scuttle. Oh yeah. Walls, ceilings, doesn't slow him down. Yep. Uh, he has a plus zero to strength, a plus two to dex, plus one to con, minus two to intelligence, minus one to wisdom, and a minus two to charisma. All makes sense. I no complaints. No. The only no, no. skill this guy has is a plus four to stealth. Makes sense. Uh, he is resistant to acid uh, and immune to being blinded because he ain't got no eyes. Nope. That we see. Uh, for senses, he has blind sight up to 60 feet, blind beyond that, and a passive perception of 9, does not speak any languages, and is a challenge rating of 3. Alrighty. So, let's get into what this fucker can do. Let's do it. 
first, like, a lot of these I took from the other aliens, because, yeah. of course, they're the same species. Yeah, I'm seeing that darkened carapace, yep. acidic blood, brutal jaws. Yep, yep. But just in case you're not familiar with them, here we go. Uh, first, he's got acidic blood. Whenever the Xenobull takes slashing or piercing damage from a non-magical source, all creatures within five feet of the Xenobull must make a DC 16 dex saving throw, taking, on average, seven acid damage on a fail or half as much on a success. You're getting splashed. Yep. Get out of the splash zone. Uh, he's also got Brutal Jaws. Whenever he makes a bite attack, uh, it has advantage on the attack and does critical damage on a roll of 19 or 20. Until its next turn, all attacks made on the Xenobull have advantage. Yep. So, uh, pretty pretty brutal attack. Essentially a, uh, a beefed up version of Reckless Attack. Yep. Uh, he also has Charge, because he's made from a bull. He's a bull. This is new. Yep. Uh, if the Xenobull moves at least 10 feet straight towards the target, and then it hits it with a claw attack on the same turn, the target takes an extra 3, on average, bludgeoning damage. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 14 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. We don't see it in the movie, but it makes sense yeah. for... for. I mean, this is like... I feel like this is more based off of the actual toy than... <laughs> kind of. I didn't give him horns, though. I just gave him... No, that's fine. A, more of a bull ability. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Because that, to me, that's one of the cooler things about like oh, the yeah. Xenomorphs is the idea that they do take on the mm -hmm. aspects of their host. Mm -hmm. so. And it's definitely something that like they play with in the other Alien movies, especially uh, Covenant, where it like you see the old style Xenomorphs and then the first of the new style and stuff like that. Too bad that movie sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. But, or, or even like in the, um, in the second AVP movie, again, right. sucks, but you see the, the, the alien, the, the Xenomorph that's from one of the uh, predators. It's like, yeah, it's got it, the predator jaw. And stuff, yeah. And it's like the dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I dig that aspect. Exactly. Of them, yeah. So, <clears throat> All right, we also have Darkened Carapace. Uh, the Xenobull has advantage on stealth checks made in low light or darkness. And then Nimble Reactions. The Xenobull may make two reactions each combat round. Ooh, that's probably pretty brutal. I mean, having multiple reactions is pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so down to actions. Uh, he's got a multi-attack. He makes two claw attacks or one and one tail attack, or he can make a bite attack since that's his brutal one. Uh, bite is a melee weapon attack, which is uh, plus four to hit. Uh, reach of five feet, one target. On a hit, it does an average of 11 piercing damage. Claw is uh, plus four to hit, reach of five feet, and does an average of nine slashing damage, although he can make two of them. The reason uh, bite is less is because you're probably going to do more damage on average with one bite attack. Right, because right, it's... because of the brutal. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, tail is a plus four to hit, reach of ten feet, one target, and on an average, six piercing damage. Sure, sure. And then his reaction is scurry. Uh, the Xenobull moves twenty feet, not provoking attacks of opportunity. Cool. And since he can take two reactions, that means he can move all over the fucking place. Yes, he can. That's or he can rough. make attacks of opportunity, or whatever, like yeah, whatever he needs to do. So, I like that you use reactions as rather a reaction, but more almost like mini legendary actions. Because uh -huh. that, that to me would make that makes creatures a lot more dynamic. Uh-huh. So. Like, I, I don't want to give every creature legendary actions. Right. But giving them the ability to move as a reaction is so fucking useful for a DM. Uh-huh. Or just have, just being able to do anything else not on their turn. Right. Like, that makes dynamic and interesting characters because that's really where it turns the, in my opinion, one of D&D 5th Edition's greatest weaknesses, which is the action economy. Mm -hmm. That kind of turns it against itself. Uh-huh. And I appreciate that, so. It definitely spices it up a little bit. Right. 
And I, I do, of course, speak about... I'm speaking from the heart because I have had way too many boss characters get killed in the first round uh-huh. of combat without them being able to do anything. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So, with that, um, I guess we're going to be moving on to a new year. Um, new new year, new season, new us. New us, new new ideas. Um, we might be having... I, I, I really enjoyed having uh, Penny on mm-hmm. last episode for Dark Crystal, and that's a trend that I'd like to kind of okay. continue going forward, so... Uh, we're probably going to have a lot more guests, cool. ideally, coming going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but next time, uh, we're going to cover a movie that I just recently watched and enjoyed way more than I probably should have. Okay. Uh, we're going to be watching The Tomorrow War. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, join us for that in two weeks. Uh, thank you so much for listening, as always. We really, really appreciate it. Um, if you like the podcast, tell a friend. If you hated it, share it with an enemy. Um... If you really want to support us uh, a little bit me- like more beyond that, mm-hmm. uh, consider jumping on our Patreon where we are uh, uploading companion episode Critter Kibbles with full of other stuff. stuff. More more Lots player options. A lot more player options. And lizards. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of lizards. Um, more aliens. <laughs> more backpacks. Yeah. <laughs> we got backpacks, although those are going to be hitting the main feed. Yeah, those will hit the main feed. Yeah, so uh, as a bonus, we are going to be releasing the Cruder Gibbles for this episode on the main feed, just because like we did last year. we do year. that as kind of like a jumbo-sized wrap-up edition for us. Like, here's a bunch of other stuff from the rest of the year, not yeah. necessarily Alien 3. R- exactly. So, um, but yeah, we have a lot of fun with those, and while they may not be as meaty as the main mm-hmm. episodes, uh, I do think that they have some of them are more creative. That's where we tend to go a little bit more buck wild because we're not just doing here's a creature, it, right? It, I mean, there's a lot of that, but there's weirder creatures, <laughs> right? Weirder creatures, and and but we also have backgrounds and subclasses mm-hmm. and light stuff magic on items, fire, <laughs> lighting things on fire, giving Give them guns. guns. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, uh, so yeah, do consider that, uh, five bucks a month. That's the Swamp Peep level. Uh, you also get early access to our Comics Crunch episodes. Um, if you can't swing that, I, I get it. Um, we do have a, right now it's just a tip jar, $1 a month, gets you the Fur Buddy level. Although if we do see some support there, we will, uh, definitely implement some other benefits there. Just see, yep. see what happens. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much. And we will see you in two weeks. 